You're listening to Session 2 of Exploring the Biblical World Through Google Earth with Wesley Fryer, recorded on Wednesday, September the 8th, 2008, at First Presbyterian Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome. My name is Wes Fryer, and I'm pleased that you're here at our second session of Exploring the Biblical World Through Google Earth. One of the things we didn't do last time was just briefly introduce ourselves, and I didn't do any kind of sign-in sheet. And so, um, Anne, if you're willing to let us borrow your pen, and you'll put name and email, um, we will introduce, and we're going to do a little uh, recap of some things that we might have learned this past week about Iraq and Ur, doing some explorations. We're going to answer questions, and then we're going to look at a little bit of Egypt and the Sinai tonight. And um, we certainly want to open with a word of prayer. So before we jump into it, let's do that. Dear God, we thank you for this time to be in this place, um, to be in this time, to be with these people, and to have this opportunity to open up your word and to use some of these amazing new digital tools that are available to us to explore your word and, and to be able to understand a little bit better um, the context of um, not only the history of your people, um, but your, your message and your word for us today. And we pray that you would, you would speak to us. Um, I pray that I would step aside and that uh, you would prepare the message that um, you've, you've created already for us to experience and that more than anything we would be um, edified to grow as a community, to um, grow in our relationships with each other and to uh, study your word and grow in relationship with you in the week to come. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. How many of you have now, can now say you have been on or in Google Earth a little bit? Okay, well, okay. more hands than we, than we did last time. Um, what were our experiences this past week? I don't know about you, but I find, I mean, I'm so busy. I, I mentioned this last week. One of the reasons I wanted to do this course was I knew it would force me to explore some of these things. I, I mean, I know there are all these resources out there about the Holy Land. And, and so, yes, it did uh, force me to not, you know, I didn't do six hours worth over the past week, but uh, I did do a bit. Anyone care to share Anything about their experiences of what they what they looked at or what they uh, were able to find? Go ahead. Well, I can't change. I mean, I, I just had the basic, did the basic Google. This probably is one that you pay for. No, ma'am. This is free. Everything we're doing is free. Well, anyway. So Google Maps, is that what you were doing? I, yeah. Okay. And I um, wanted to find the clinic in San Cosme, Mexico. Very good. And did you find it? Well, yes, I had to start from Cancun, though. Okay. And follow the road. I had to actually move the road over and over, and, and my husband had to tell me where the town was. Am I spelling that right, San Cosme? San Cosme. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yucatan, or Mexico. And it's in Mexico, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is a good... This is a good question to ask because there are these two different um, versions of uh, exploring the the world here. We've got what's called a web-based way to do this. And so Google Maps, which um, is available on the Internet at maps.google.com, is a way to do that. And I have put in San Cosme, Mexico. So if we wanted to get directions to here, what is our address? We're 1001 uh, South Rankin. Okay. We could not calculate directions. <laughs> Can we just do Edmund? I, I think the driving directions work a little bit better when you're doing United States. Uh, yeah. So... Google Maps uses the same satellite imagery that Google Earth does, and you do not have to download anything to your computer. So you can use your Internet Explorer web browser, or if you have a different web browser, you know, Google came out with their Chrome web browser, what, two weeks ago or something. It's just the way that you're viewing the Internet. And so it's possible to move around and 
um, see things, and I probably should be using this, this fancy touchscreen since I can do that. Um, there's a map view that will show you maps. There's the satellite view, um, and then there's the terrain view. And so um, we have a, a, a slider here that lets us zoom in and out. And so we're there kind of zoomed in on the Yucatan. Let's keep on zooming out. Was I on the wrong one? Yeah, that's right. So we have some geographically savvy people that recognize this is not the shape of the Yucatan Peninsula. Right. No, the state is King Kana Oh, okay. R O O? Does that look a little bit better? All right. All right. Well, it still doesn't want to give us directions to that one either, but <laughs> um, that does look a little bit better. Is that is that how that looks now, or? This, the, the imagery we're looking at here was taken at some point, and in Google, Map, in Google Earth, I think we can look down at the, at the bottom of the screen and see the date where it was taken. Here, I don't know that we can see. Does anybody know if you can tell looking in Google Maps? We, I was just wondering, could you see the, the, the hurricane that's coming in? Um, yes, we can we can um, add cloud cloud layers and look at that kind of thing. I'll I'll show you here in just a second as we uh, we jump over there. Um, we had construction when I was working at Texas Tech University on our building, and that's how we dated the, the satellite map because you could see half our building wasn't constructed and it was finished in 2002. So you know if you know something about a bird's eye view of the site, sometimes you can you can tell things about about when it happened. Okay, so that's Google Maps. We are using the program Google Earth to explore, and I can do the same search here. So maybe I'll, I'll cheat, and uh, I'll just copy it over here, and we'll put it into Google Earth. Now it's actually, I think, got the coordinates. Let's see what that does. So I just pasted this here into the location, and I hit Enter. And so now we're going to go ahead and um, fly into the Yucatan to San Cosme. The imagery, as far as I know, is the same. Now it is downloading the. Okay. The resolution of different images depend. You know, it looks like it looks looks like this is a village. It doesn't look like that one is. And what would how would you explain this sharp line between green and gray? Anybody have an idea on that? Could be, but I don't think that's the case. Anybody have another hypothesis? A different, a different satellite image, right. And we were talking, um, Missy isn't here, but we were visiting about Lebanon and some fighting that was happening in Lebanon at the end of 2006 and how they were using Google Earth to zoom in and all of a sudden this, the village had disappeared and why would that happen, you know? Uh, different kinds of satellite images are going to be used. And so this is an example, I guess, of... Of, two, of different images that have been overlaid in there. So you can kind of see it's a, it's a bit of a patchwork. Um, but to answer um, your question of, um, about clouds, one of the things we talked about last time too was Google Earth has, has layers. Whenever I hear the word layers, we're, we like Shrek and we always think of layers. He talks about layers at the end. These are the layers of Google Earth. You turn them on and off. And so... <clears throat> Under the weather gallery, we can turn clouds on. And so as, oh my gosh, what happened? Well, there's clouds over the Yucatan. So I can go ahead and zoom out, and this is going to be delayed. Oh, wow, look at that. There are a few clouds <laughs> around the Yucatan. And so that shows you um, an, a near real-time um, image of satellite clouds overlaid on top of the, the geography there. And so I can, I can turn that on and off here by turning on layers. Okay? Um, anybody else want to share a thought of what they, what they experienced? You mentioned that you had, and 
I'll give you a chance to introduce yourself. You you got on our website? And it, uh, I, Don? Yes, Don. Don. I, I got on the website and did the registration thing, but uh, I have a little problem. I didn't have any reason to use that word missional. Now on the corner of the paper, that didn't seem to be useful. So I just you know entered my name, Don Whitney, and then put in a, put in a password so I could go back to it. But I couldn't seem to get any, any further. I couldn't. When I tried to click on those uh, icons, the way you have it on your screen here, the right. way I did, it, my computer didn't want to take me anywhere else. And it could be my computer. Okay. Well, let's, let's talk about this a little bit because if you haven't received a handout over by um, Rudy, and I, I said we are going to do introductions, so let's, let's do that. Um, go ahead and uh, introduce yourself, if you would, and um, what would be a fact that you could share about yourself? Um, if, you could, if you can go anywhere in the, in the Holy Land, uh, where would it be, perhaps? Uh, no, some of you have already been. But um, Elmer, would you like to start? My name is Elmer Wright. Went on mission trips down in the Yucatan with Pat over here, and we worked on churches and we worked on the hospital there, and uh, we kind of experienced something uh, such an unusual deal. And one of the most fascinating things that I thought about down there when we were going out there on the bus, we uh, <coughs> stopped at Walmart and we got some candy, and. Uh, these kids, we were right there in a small village right close to where the church, to where the, the hospital is. And uh, kids came up and I gave them, gave this one little girl a piece of candy. When here in the United States, you know what had happened? You gave a candy to a piece of kid, it eat the whole thing. But she had three friends with her that she shared that candy bar with. And I thought that was kind of an interesting deal to see how the different types of civilization works. And this is my wife's thing. <laughs> Thank you, Elmer. Yeah. I'm Ann Ozan Lewis. And um, I'm not sure where I would go over there. Have you been to the Middle I East before? No. But I have lived in Mexico. And I've been to Cancun. And mm -hmm. <laughs> and sometimes that's so, no, no. and sometimes that's the best way. Where where, where did you all stay? I, I went on a mission trip with you also, and we stayed in Cancun, but not the resort. It was in the old town, in the little hotel. Uh, hotel, and I was one of the cooks. Sometimes that's the best way to get into this is let's go look at places we know. Let's go find our house. We went down to Mexico. You know, we, we want to explore that. Have you, when I walked in there, did you show the street views part? Of no, we have not. not. You're just talking about as, when you zoom in as far as you can. That's what I was saying. But, you know, where it's now, they've hired photographers to go everybody's street. Oh, right. Right, and especially in, in urban areas. When you're talking about rural Mexico, you're probably not going to... But, but yeah, you know, San Francisco, Dallas, um, Oklahoma City. Yeah, those kind of places. Um, just a quick introduction. Uh, my name is Denise Bergner, and I have not been to the Holy Land. I go there. I know. All right. Missy? Well, if you if you have would travel back or have been or would have not been but would go, where would you go in the Holy Land? Oh, well, first of all, I have to go to Lebanon just because that's the bridge. But I would go all over. I mean, I just want to see the entire thing. Okay. As well, I said, I'm a Viking fan. And unfortunately, I didn't go on that mission trip to Mexico. I had to run a farm. <laughs> but I have not been to the Holy Land either. I'm anxious to see it via Google Earth. My name is Angela Michael, and uh, I don't know if Egypt would be considered part of the Holy Land. Oh, yeah. I, I would choose so. to go to Egypt because my husband is from Egypt, and I've never been able to go over there. And even though his parents are no longer living, he has brothers and sisters there. And uh, it's really been eye-opening growing up in the Presbyterian in Texas to uh, where Christianity is a majority religion. 
I had the experience of my husband who grew up as a minority Christian in Egypt. And <coughs> hearing the persecution of Christians, it was a real eye-opening moment. Okay. My name is Rudy, and I haven't been anywhere in the Holy Land, but I figured this was a good opportunity to maybe decide where I might want to go. All right, so we should be booking travel, you know, right here. We should have that as a sideline. No? I'm Bill Warner, and I'm, I'm like Rudy. I don't have a particular place I'd like to go, but I'd like to go. Yep, all right. Earl Schiff, and I go to Caesarea by the city. Caesarea. Why would, what draws you there? I was there one time, but I just liked it. <laughs> all right. I'm Mary Shea, and uh, I would go back Okay, we'll go to the corner there. Uh, David Sternbaum. Uh, I'm not sure where I would go. Judy Morrison. Um, Egypt has always really fascinated me. Exactly. If I got that close, you'd feel like you'd been. I, I would go through the rest of have an outline for our class where we, we looked uh, primarily at Iraq, and that's what I want to kind of <laughs> recap isn't really the right word. I mean, we could spend all semester just studying Iraq, um, but we're going to talk a little bit about that, and then we're going to look at Egypt tonight. The website that has been mentioned um, is a uh, website that's made with something called Moodle, and it's a, it, it has topics. So we have a section for Iraq. And what I would like to do, um, so this is our section for Iraq. So these are different links about Iraq. We have different links about Egypt. What I'd like to show you is, um, and I don't know what the right word for this is, but when you're on the Internet and you're following links, sometimes you go one place and it takes you somewhere and it takes you somewhere and it takes you somewhere. So I ended up in with a video about Assyria and the Assyrians. And we were talking about the Christians in Iraq today and the persecution. And so I want to just kind of recount for you how, how that happened. Um, and then we'll look at, look at some other things with Iraq and then we'll um, look at some things um, that pertain to Egypt. Um, last week we talked about the Bible Gateway website. And so this is a website that... Um, has multiple versions of of the Bible, and you know one of the main connections here to uh, Mesopotamia and to uh, Iraq, you know, is the is Abraham and the fact that all three of of the main uh, monotheistic faiths, Islam, uh, Christianity, and Judaism, all trace their roots back to Abraham, who uh, we believe was from Ur of the Chaldeans, and that was in in Iraq. So. I showed you the layers, and last week we talked about this layer that is here, and this is built into Google Earth. This isn't something that um, I had to to download and and get new, um, which is under the Global Awareness section, and the Global Awareness section has something called the Global Heritage Fund. And so these blue um, dots that we see here, they're really not dots, they're... Uh, stars are examples of Global Heritage Fund sites. And so 
here is Babylon. Um, and uh, what caught my eye here was, was Nineveh. Um, what, do, what do we know about Nineveh? Okay, capital of Assyria. Anybody else? Nineveh trigger a Bible story memory of Jonah and the whale. So what happened with with Nineveh? The Lord told Jonah to go to Nineveh and tell them to repent, right? And he didn't want to go and was swallowed by the whale and ended up, you know, evidently looking pretty bad by the time he got out of that whale and showed up there at Nineveh, which might have increased the uh, attention factor. So, again, I didn't download something to get to this. It shows Nineveh, and it says, uh, learn more about Nineveh. And so I click on this hyperlink, and so I'm taken to this web page which is part of the Iraqi Heritage Program, part of the Global Heritage Fund. And so I'm able to learn a little bit about Nineveh. Um, And I will make this a little bit bigger so we can maybe read it. Okay, Nineveh and Mosul are located around 400 kilometers north of Baghdad. The old city of Mosul is located along the west bank of the Tigris, while Nineveh is located on the east bank on a level plain slightly inland of the river with a seven and a half mile brick city wall enclosing 1,800 acres. Mosul and Nineveh, situated at the confluence of the Tigris and Koser, I don't know if I'm saying that right, rivers, have been historically significant as trade centers on caravan routes between India and Persia and the Levant and Anatolia. So help us out. Anatolia, modern day Turkey. Levant, modern day How would we find out? Again, here's what's amazing about you know being in this hyperlinked world. Um, let's copy the word Levant. Let's go to Google. Let's put in the word Levant and let's search. And I'm I'm going to put in Levant uh, Wikipedia just so we'll get the the first entry here. Okay, Levant. It's a geographical term that denotes a large area in Western Asia, roughly bounded on the north by the Tarsus Mountains, on the south by the Arabian Desert, and on the west by the Mediterranean Sea, while on the east it expands into Upper Mesopotamia. However, some definitions include nearly all of Mesopotamia. So, there you go. I was thinking it was um, it was talking about uh, Israel. So, uh, Nineveh. All right. What can we what, what can we uh, learn about Nineveh? Well, first off. Uh, we can go and explore what Nineveh looks like. So I'm going to double click here and I'm going to get zoomed in and the controls for Google Earth here on the side will let you uh, push this plus to zoom in further and in some cases um, there are going to be let's see if this one had it I think for this one, on some of these, there are going to be other links that you can have. Like I'll show you one that had another satellite picture of it. This one triggered me to say, I wonder what videos are there about Nineveh. Now, you have to be careful when you're searching YouTube. Anybody had a not-so-great experience with searching YouTube? Um, So I went to YouTube, and... YouTube actually has, and Google Video and other websites actually have a phenomenal amount of uh, of content and and some some pretty good stuff. There's a lot of garbage that are out here too, and we won't be seeing the fitness beach video um, about Nineveh. But I started to see things about Assyrians. Wait a minute. Okay, I remember hearing about Assyria. We went to Turkey in 1983. I remember you know learning about the Assyrian Empire and how large it was. You know what what is this about Assyria? Um, the truth of the fall of Assyria. Well, okay, I'm not, we won't play this video, um, but how do I know where stuff that I find here is from? How would I tell? First off, who can publish stuff on YouTube? 
anyone. You just set up an account and publish it. So this could come from anyone. In fact, I found some pretty interesting things about Turkey published by Turks in Turkish, and they all haven't had subtitles, but this is it's a global resource. Um, you can click on the person's name here and possibly get some more information about, about them. Um, this video that they have at the top, I'll zoom in here, is called Assyria is Not an Evil Empire. And they've published a series of other videos um, that are about Assyrians. They have one called The Lion Hunters. Um, let me go ahead and show you that um, one of the things that I have put, and I changed the title here, on our website, if you would like, at the top of each one of our sections, there's a link that calls Discoveries. Originally, I think I had this labeled, you know, Biblical Connections. And if you would like, you can put in a topic and a link here. So I found um, this video about the Assyrians. I found the global fund page for Nineveh and found videos on Babylon and the Assyrians. This YouTube discusses the Assyrians as persecuted uh, Christians in modern-day Iraq. So let me just show you. This is just three minutes, but I thought this was kind of interesting, giving us some background about Assyria uh, and you know connected to Nineveh and to Iraq. Christian community fights for survival. And let me pause this and say, this was done as a student project, and so the student took, and the, the synchronization's not perfect on the, on the, on the uh, video and the audio, but she, I think it was a she, put um, some words on top of this to kind of emphasize the message. And the truth of the matter is that the U.S. defeat in Iraq may have a devastating impact on that country's minority Christian community. Iraq's Christians are under increasing attack and... What does that say? Assyrians are not Arabs. Many are fleeing the country. Some observers fear that a group that has survived nearly 2,000 years now faces possible extinction. Look into these faces and see one of the world's oldest Christian communities searching for hope in the midst of desolation. Iraq's Christians are wounded, killed, and grieving in the violence that's shaking their country. But this isn't just fallout from the fighting between Shia and Sunni Muslims. Christians in Iraq are deliberately targeted. More than 15 churches have been attacked since the fall of Saddam in 2003. And hundreds of Christians have been killed. For the past six months alone, seven priests have been kidnapped and two of them murdered. To understand the significance, you must look at the history. The bloodlines of about 70% of Iraq's 750,000 Christians reached back to the Chaldeans or Assyrians, prominent peoples in the Old Testament. Um, they are the indigenous people of Iraq, the Assyrian Christians. They also represent Iraq's uh, religious diversity. Uh, this was a people that were uh, missionaries that in their day reached Asia. The Assyrian Christians have pressure from all sides of them. Um, they are targeted by Islamists and jihadists in their Christian faith. Um, they are attacked physically in the south. One of our bishops was beheaded recently. Children are being crucified, literally crucified, and that's how they're being killed. Assyrian Christians, yes. why they're being ignored and today they also represent Iraq's human capital. They're disproportionately part of Iraq's educated elite, professional elite, and their flight from Iraq, their refugee exodus from Iraq in this in this fighting is uh, really going to send Iraq back generations. There will be no Christians in Iraq, there will be no Assyrians in Iraq. And this is an open thing, you know, just a country where the original people from that country are driven away. An American withdrawal could spell or will spell a disaster for the Christian Assyrians. observations about this. Number one, it's unbelievable we have access to media like we do now. Some student did this for a project and they published it on the internet and now we've watched it and we can analyze it. It's amazing that we can have this kind of access. However, 
Can you see any... Um, well, let me give you a couple minutes to respond. Talk to somebody about... Uh, let me give you about um, a minute and a half. Turn to someone, and if, you, uh, if, if, if someone is not being included, I want you to pull them into your group. Uh, visit about what we just saw and what you think about it and why it's important that we talk about it maybe and not just take things at face value. Anyway, re- respond to that with somebody close to you. Go. Christian community attention. I'm going to ask for some people to, to share, but let me just kind of backstep a little bit to see how you, could, how you could get to this. This is an example, I think, of a video that can be used to provoke some conversations and some really important conversations about media literacy, about what we know, about what we want to know, and about how, how we, why we believe what we believe, uh, not even just in a theological sense, but also in a, uh, a factual kind of sense. So I clicked on Iraq Discoveries, and then I click on YouTube video on the Assyrians. I'm going to actually right-click this link and open this over here in a new tab. And I'm going to point out, I'll have to zoom in over here, like when was this, right? That's one of the things I wondered first. Um, this, was up, uh, this person joined two years ago, and this video was added on May the 11th, 2007. If I click on more info, it says... Um, my assignment, which I done for university, compiled and remixed the video's image and audio. They have tagged this Assyria, Assyrian, Church, East, Nestorian, Christian, Christians, Iraq, War, Islam, Terrorism, Terrorist, Al-Qaeda, Muslim. So if I'm searching YouTube for any of those kinds of things, I might come across this. What are some of the things that you said or your, your neighbor said about this video and some things that made you think of or respond I just said I was ignorant of what was said, and I also said that uh, whoever did it was very uh, had very strong feelings about it. The message was crafted to persuade and to convince in a particular way. Yeah. And I don't know about this, but I would say I don't know whether it's true or not. Made you wonder, right? What is this? What is the story on the Assyrians? We know. We know. Assyria is in the Bible, and we know there are Assyrians. And according to this author, Assyrians were and are Christians. Um, like and, and and made anyway. So it provoked a little bit. What else? I think she was trying to make a point that the, the American military should not move out there because it would be able to maintain the Christian religion. There was definitely a political point. And I'm not showing this video to make a political point. I was showing this as an example of how Google Earth, in revealing some geographic places and, and some links, you know, it provided a window into that. But there was definitely a political message here, um, which we're, we, need to, we need to talk about, right? Basically, all the messages we see on television and, and a lot of them that we see on the Internet are certainly crafted from a particular point of view um, to try and, and generate a particular response. Uh, which may or may not be entirely, you know, based on fact. We see that we're definitely seeing this in the election. Um, we're going to continue to see that. 
somebody else. Right. So let's go to let's go to Google and we'll go um, again to Wikipedia. Now, Wikipedia is a good thing to talk about because who can edit Wikipedia? Anybody. anybody. Now, there is a myth that people think, gosh, Wikipedia is just full of trash because anybody can edit it. Um, the founder of Wikipedia, Jimmy Wales, and I've heard several uh, video presentations that he is that have been shared on the internet um, talks about it. Um, you know, are done by less than 20% of the people who are editing it. Most people are pretty passionate about a topic. Sometimes you'll see things that are, that are locked. I encourage people to use it as a starting point, and generally at the bottom of any Wikipedia article, you're going to have some pretty good external links that you can follow. Um, here's one called A Virtual Assyria, Christians from the Middle East. Now, we're not necessarily knowing, just because it's an external link, oops, that one's not found, uh, where what perspective it's coming from, um, but, huh, interesting. These are not links that I followed before. Okay, here's a document on who are the Assyrians from the Iraqi Document Project. It's certainly possible to find information that is inaccurate here, but again, uh, most librarians have never told people, just go to one source and believe it because it's going to be true. You know, they're saying check several sources. This says the Assyrians are an ethnic group whose origins lie in what today is Iran, Iraq, Iran, Turkey, and Syria. Many have migrated to the Caucasus, uh, North America, and Western Europe during the past century. Hundreds of thousands more have not assimilated but live in the Assyrian diaspora and Iraqi refugee communities in Europe, the former Soviet Union, the United States, Australia, New Zealand, Syria, Jordan, Lebanon. Persecution in the wake of the First World War and the breakup of the Ottoman Empire resulted in a significant diaspora. What is a diaspora? Right, the dispersal of of a, of a group of people. Um, other contributing events included the Islamic Revolution in Iran, the Simile Massacre in Iraq, and the Assyrian Genocide in what is today Turkey. Now, I believe that hyperlinked writing is the most powerful form of writing, and this is a good example of why. There's a lot in these paragraphs. I don't know. You know, I would like to know. The caucus. Where is that? Okay, I can click on that, and then I can go and, and find that. So I'm not in this class. We're not going to exclusively keep ourselves within the realm of Google Earth. Uh, Google Earth can be used as a portal and a jumping-off point to explore a lot. And I don't think you can call what. I just shared and what, what we have an opportunity to do here accidental learning because I really am going here with a purpose. I really am going here to explore the Holy Land, um, to explore in this case um, a little bit more of, of a rock and I'm going to some, some specific historical sites. But unlike a more traditional course where I might have everything laid out in a syllabus and I know exactly the things that you're going to be learning, this is very different. My encouragement to you is to get into the program to do some exploration and to see where that takes you. Now, I'm going to say it with a warning, right? As you go to a, even just Google and you do a search, I, please do not hold West Fryer responsible for the things which, you know, I don't know what other things you're going to find out there that say Assyria. I don't know what other videos are going to be out there. Uh, but that is an example of of hyperlinked learning where these kinds of connections lead some different places. Um, let me just say a couple more things about Iraq and then we're going to go to the, to the Bible Gateway and, and search for the Sinai and Egypt and explore a little bit there. We talked about this last week, but I can turn on and off this menu. This is like a sidebar by pushing a button up here that turns my sidebar on and off. And over here um, in this... Um, in this sidebar, in addition to um, 
Nineveh, we've got these other major sites in Iraq. I'll go ahead and zoom in here so you can see these. Okay, so I could explore Asher, Akar. Does anybody know how to say that? Akarkuf. I don't know. Sestafan, we looked at Hatra, Nineveh, um, Samara. Um, I think I mentioned this last time, but the Ziggurat is one of the uh, really well-known locations, and this is one of the ones that I found the article that said it, it had been available to U.S. forces um, to explore, because this is Ur. We looked at this last time. But it has been, it has been closed. Um, let me see if I can find... It's been closed off. Access to it has been closed off so that um, uh, tourism is no longer possible there. At least that that it sounded like that was that was something that was true as of about a month ago. I think this is the one that I've I found. It's like okay, this is Samara. Cradle of Civilization in Mesopotamia. Samara is the sum of its parts. The cultural, social, and community significance of the site is often seen through the importance and uniqueness of its individual um, archaeological and architectural monuments. Um, so really, what we've done so far in Iraq is just explore one particular set of links, which is from the Global Heritage Fund, and we haven't limited ourselves just to the links that are there. We've, we've seen how we can go out um, to Wikipedia and we could go to YouTube you know, to be able to see other resources. Uh, my encouragement to you, before we jump in and look at, at Egypt a little bit, is going to be to share one of the things that you find this week. Okay? And I know everybody is busy, um, but try to find at least 30 minutes where you could go in and do a little exploration. And if you find something about Iraq, you can go here to Iraq Discoveries. And you can click this link that says Add a New Discussion Topic. And it's going to let you, just like an email, put in a subject and a message. All right? I didn't grow up, and I don't think you did either, where this was a regular part of learning, being able to do this online thing. We just don't have a lot of comfort with it because we haven't done it before. I'm not giving you a grade you're not going to be tested. All right? So this is really an opportunity for you to explore this, but also to help others with learning. Because guess what? If you share something that you've learned here, I guarantee you other people are going to look at it. I guarantee you I'm going to. And other people in our class will be as well. Um, and so it's possible to post a question or post a thought. What I ended up doing here was, uh, I think I did it on this one, Oops, clicked on my name. If you click on the name, you see that, that, person, that person's profile. Um, I just pasted in the link. Okay? This was a 20-minute video on Google Video providing background on the Assyrians. And I could click that link, and it's going to take me to Google Video, and it's going to go ahead and play that. So you do not have to include a link, but if you want to, you can. And... Um, that's my encouragement um, for you this week. Okay, Share a little bit about your learning, and we'll all benefit as a result of this. So what I'd like to do now is let's go to the Bible Gateway, um, and let's explore a little bit about Egypt. Okay, The Bible Gateway is a website that is a free, searchable Bible. Um, I use it a, really frequently teaching fifth grade Sunday school because uh, one of the things that are curriculum will say might be you know how many times is the word blank in the new testament <laughs> well with a search it's going to be fairly you know i can fairly readily you know get that kind of a thing um, so anybody have a guess of the book that first mentions egypt Matthew. all right let's see we're going to well no just in the whole bible but yeah include old testament too Okay, we have a bet for Exodus. Any other bets? 
Okay. We could choose our version here. By default, it's giving us New International, but if we wanted New Living, King James, I'll stick with New International. We could select that. Let's go ahead and search for Egypt. And lo and behold, it's Genesis 10.6. All right? So if I go ahead and click on this, I'm just going to open this in another window. Here's the verse, the Hamites. Um, oh, that was from a footnote. I don't think that really... That doesn't count. Does it? What do we think? I guess it should, right? What does it say? The sons of Ham, Cush, Mizram, Put, and Canaan. That is Egypt also. It doesn't say Egypt. So this was the account of Noah's sons, and the footnote mentions Egypt. I don't think that counts. How about, but we could debate that. How about Genesis 12.10? So it's giving us the specific chapter and verse. Here it is. Now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to live there a while because the famine was severe. So we can click this button right here to get the context, okay? The entire chapter. And I think we were talking about this last week as well in Genesis 12. Um, well, we were talking the first time that Ab- that um, that Abraham was with the Ur, right? They came that Abraham and Terah, his father, came out of um, of Ur. So the Lord said to Abraham, "Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you." Anybody had an experience like that in their life? Moving to Oklahoma a couple years ago was kind of like that from Texas. You know, not quite. There wasn't a burning bush experience, but. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So chapter 10 is titled Abram in Egypt. I'll make this a little bit bigger. Now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. As he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but will let you live. Say you are my sister, so that I will be treated well for your sake, and my life will be spared because of you. What would we say about the faith of Abram at this point? Not so strong. (laughs) Needed to take things into his own hands. We ever do that? <laughs> God, I know you've called me here, but you know I'm not quite fully trusting, and so I'm going to you know tell this lie. Or have my wife tell a lie. How's that? That doesn't sound like that would go over very well. All right, so reference to Egypt. Let's see what else we have. Um, these are the references in Genesis 12. Genesis 13, we've got references to Abram and Lot. Um, Let's uh, well, let's let's do an advanced search. Um, so, somebody had mentioned um, Exodus. Okay, what's the first time Egypt is mentioned in the book of Exodus? So I can select my version, but then instead of searching the entire Bible, I can just search a particular book, and I can say Exodus to what? I'm going to say Exodus to Exodus, and I'm just going to search for the word Egypt in the book of Exodus. Ah, look at that, Exodus 1.1. These are the names of the sons of Israel who went to Egypt with Jacob, each with his family. All right. So let's explore Egypt. If I want to just go to Egypt, I will type in Egypt up here in the corner and press the enter key. And wherever I happen to be on the globe, it's going to fly me down here to Egypt. Um, Has anyone been to Egypt? Turn to someone and take 30 seconds and say the ge- tell, tell, summarize the geography of Egypt that you know to somebody beside you. You have 30 seconds. Go.
Okay. What are some things that we know about the geography of Egypt? I heard somebody say mostly desert. What other things? Most significant feature, the Nile River, longest longest river in the world. What else do we know? What's that? Divided by divided by the river. In terms of west and east. The the delta is big. Alexandria, I know a little about, right? Uh, Rome, Cleopatra. When Mark Anthony came, you know, there was big fights there, and that was Alexandria is a big major port there on the Mediterranean. Um, history of the Israelites. Egypt was significant because what happened? The famine, but the slave, the slavery, and then the Exodus. Right, the Exodus is the tale of um, the people of Israel who were enslaved here in Egypt. Do we know where they were enslaved? Here's the great. Here's the great pyramid. Do we know where they were enslaved? And where did they go? In the Exodus. Okay. They crossed the Red Sea, which is here, and they spent 40 years in the wilderness of the Sinai. And they were supposed to go, and they eventually did go, but the generation had to pass away to the Promised Land, which was and is Israel. Okay, so they were going here. So, anybody wonder that? 40 years wandering around here. Um, what was significant about Mount Sinai? By the way, is that part of Egypt? Now it is, right? Hmm, when did that happen? <laughs> there was a war, right? Okay. So let's explore a little bit. I'm going to take off my, my drawings here. And um, let's explore a little bit some of the things that we can see. Again, we talked about layers and what we have kind of turned on here. We've got some archaeological layers. So I can click here on the Great Pyramid at Giza. And if I double click, I can fly in here. And I'm seeing these other archaeological sites that are here. The image is continually refining because it's downloading from the internet. Okay, And there it is. Now wait a minute, what's that? Well, one of the things that has been done with some of the objects in Google Earth is... People have built 3D representations of them so that, I can get my mouse to cooperate, um, you can pan and tilt the earth. So I'm tilting the earth here. There's the horizon. Ah, look, here are the pyramids. And we can zoom in and see them. I can also rotate around think. Yeah. By the way, if you're having trouble with your mouse, what's one way that you could uh, get some assistance at home? <laughs> Grandchild? Child? Could you sit down together and explore the pyramids of Egypt and talk about that? And talk about the Sinai? And open up Exodus and say, wow, you know, when the Israelites were in Egypt and they left and they crossed the Red Sea. Let's go look at the Red Sea. Could you do that together? Would that be a valuable thing to do as a family? Or just... Yeah, it would be very cool. So what we're looking at here is a, is a hybrid image. This is a combination of the satellite image that Google Earth took. What's this guy out here? Any guesses? Huh, could we get a better look at him? Or her? Does anybody know? I don't know. Um, yes, we can go ahead and zoom in. But, again, this is not... This is a, a graphic... A, 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 a conception of that, you know, put, put on top. We can, and we can turn that on and off. So, I want to say this is down here in the corner, and I think it's 3D Buildings. Ta-da! What happened to the Sphinx? Okay, I turned it on and off. So I have a layer turned on here. I'll zoom in so you can see this. 
a layer that's called 3D buildings. By turning that layer on and off, I can turn the pyramids in their 3D representation on and off. So it actually may be more interesting at some, some point to look at the real, what does it really look like? All right, This is what it really looks like from space. And you're going to find more 3D buildings actually you know, in some of our bigger cities and I, I think a lot more in North America than you're going to find here. Okay, so uh, Red Sea. Where do we need to go to find the Red Sea? Go east, young man. Go east. So um, here is the Red Sea and here's the Suez Canal. I'm going to go ahead and turn off the... All right, again, why are there these lines in the middle of the Red Sea? Is that how it really looks from space? The satellite images, okay? So they've pieced these satellite images together, and they may or may not have been you know, taken at the, at the, at the same time. Um, so let's see how good of a, of a view we can get of the Suez Canal. We'll do our... This looks like the channel here. Look, there was a boat that was there in the canal at the time this image was taken. In fact, there are some things on Google Earth that you'll find where they're identifying different ships, like the ship, shipyards in Russia and uh, shipyards in the United States and things. The, that's pretty remarkable, isn't it? Can they go even go to the locks where the locks are? Yes. Do you know where the locks are relative to the opening here? Probably further upstream. So let's follow the path of the lock. Has anybody been to the been to the Suez Canal? Interesting. Splits. Let's let it go this way. <laughs> All right, and here's where it empties into the med. So I would guess there are locks here. I've been to Panama. Anybody been to Panama? Seen the locks there? All right. So, what else can we see in Egypt? Um, well, I'm interested in Mount Sinai. What's significant about Sinai? All right, let's go back to the internet. Um, let's put in Sinai. We have to spell it right. Okay, so here's the uh, Wikipedia entry for the Sinai Peninsula. And what I what I did there, I think it was doing some other kind of search. So if you all, if you click this top button to kind of go home, you go back to the to the beginning, first page. And I'm just doing a regular keyword search. It's not anything fancy. All right. So Exodus 16.1. Let's take a look at this. And it says, The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. So... Let's see what Google Earth would find if we zoom out. Just for grins, we'll zoom out. And then we'll put in Sinai. I'm going to turn on the sidebar because if it doesn't know exactly what I'm wanting to find, it will ask, it'll say, do you mean such and such, kind of like Google. Um, Sinai, South Dakota. <laughs> no. But... Guess what? That's where we're going. <laughs> Did you know there's a Sinai, South Dakota? That's why I recommend, you know, when you're searching, go ahead and turn the sidebar on because it'll... Wait a minute. We're not supposed to be over here in North America. 
No, we mean Sinai, Egypt. Yeah, I think that just took us to... Mount Sinai, New York. I don't want Mount Sinai, New York. Ah, there's a folder under it says dead. Let's try Mount Sinai, Egypt. Ah, okay. This is looking a little bit better. Oh. Did you know that Mount Sinai appears to be located what part of the peninsula here? Southern part? Down in the middle? Hmm. How far was it from Mount Sinai um, to... Well, where did... I don't know where the Israelites crossed the Red Sea, but I would kind of think it was probably in one of the parts that wasn't as wide as some of the others. Um, any guesstimates on that distance, how far that probably is, as the crow flies? 300 miles. Okay, well, let's find out. Uh, one of the things that you can do is you can get your handy-dandy ruler out here, and if we wanted to measure from this location... To Mount Sinai, you can zoom in here so you can see, that is exactly 130 miles. We showed this last time. If you need to know how long that is in smoots, and if you need to know what a smoot is, I'll let you Google that yourself. Um, I think it has something to do with the, the length of a bridge in Harvard. and it's Anyway, it's kind of a joke that the Google Earth people put that in there. Kilometers and meters and things like that um, are, are a little bit um, better known. Right, that's right. And his name was, I think, George Smoot. Yeah, right. Okay, and it was a bridge that they measured, I think. So, all right. And we haven't even gone to the Valley of the Kings, so let's go to the Valley of the Kings. And I know we're about out of time, so we're going to have to... So the Valley of the Kings gives us some information. And again, let me get this to come up. It gives us the Wikipedia link to explore. So who can summarize for me your homework for this next week? What are you tasked to do? Find something interesting. Write it down. Explore Google Earth, find something interesting, and then share what you have learned. You'll have an opportunity next week to share verbally. But I would love it if you would be willing to put something in the topic, just, you know, something small. Um, but uh, put it in there, and uh, we will explore um, a little bit more next week. And I think, let me look and see at our, our schedule. Is Anatolia what we have for next week? No, I think we have, the whole, we have Jerusalem and Judea next time. Is that right? Let's look so you'll know what to expect. How would we find out? Okay, here on our website, again, if you didn't get a handout there, Rudy's, they're right beside Rudy there. Exploring the Biblical World Through Google Earth. We have our links for Iraq and Ur, Egypt and the Sinai. And yes, next week we're going to be in Judea, Israel, and Palestine. So we'll be looking at the Temple Mount, Seven Wonders of Israel. We'll look at Bethlehem. We'll look at Jerusalem. We'll explore those locations. Comments or questions? Well, I want you to explore anything that's of interest to you. So you do not you are not limited in your homework to Egypt. You are you are welcomed and invited to, you know, explore Well, yeah, I mean that's thirty minutes and and a suggestion would be if you want to look at, at, at Iraq, uh, Egypt or the Holy Land, I mean that's kinda of what we've done up to this point. If you'd like to go above and beyond and get ahead of us and you know, go to Turkey as well. But we'll be yeah, you'll you'll just be ahead and that'll be okay. Well but we'll, we might not ask you to share that part next week. So
Yes, if you'll go to that website and you can register, then um, you can get into it without registering. You can say, let me in as a guest. But if you register, then you'll be able to share and, and put some things up there. So. No, that is a website that I created for this class that has links to everything. So, like, if you want to get to that video that I showed about Assyria, you can click on Iraq discoveries, and you'll be able to see the you know video on Assyrians, and that's the link. So, think about this as your yes, this is like your electronic textbook. It's a good question. Okay, I have not given you a textbook. What we've done instead is we have a website that's a portal to let us not only find these kinds of links and, and you know for instance Google Earth you know Google Earth is here so when you're ready to download Google Earth and put it on you can link to the Google Earth website from here but it's also a place where we can share ideas and participate so it's a little bit of an upgrade from your traditional textbook all right well I keep you all late thank you all so much for coming and hope to see you next week Speed of Creativity podcasts are independently produced and syndicated for a global audience by Wesley Fryer and are shared under a Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 license. Learn more at www.speedofcreativity.org.